Okay, dog days and other listeners, I'll dispense with the intro today and we'll get right into it. Today is day number three, August 6th, 2020. uh, In the past two days, we went over a bunch of terminology and today we'll get right into some pandemics after a few more terms. So three terms that are kind of relevant to all of this are outbreak, epidemic, and pandemic. What are the differences? An outbreak is a sudden or violent start of a disease somewhere. An epidemic is a widespread occurrence of an infectious disease in a community at a particular time. A pandemic is a disease prevalent over a whole country or the world. So I've called this history of pandemics Probably most of what I'm talking about is not truly a pandemic. A lot of these are going to be outbreaks or epidemics. I probably really should have called this history uh, of epidemics, but whatever. I had to pick a short, sweet title. So let's get, oh, there's one other word besides outbreak, epidemic, and pandemic, plague. Now, the plague is a specific thing. It's a contagious bacterial disease characterized by fever and delirium and other things. Uh, But sometimes it's used in a similar way to epidemic or pandemic. So people would just say, oh, this country has a plague, when they really don't mean specifically a plague, which is a specific bacterial infection. So that's the other term. So most of these are probably epidemics I'll be talking about over the next few weeks. Okay, let's get on finally to our very first cases. These are the BC cases, long ago in history. So the very first one, the earliest one I could really find was about 5,000 years ago in about 3,000 BC, an epidemic wiped out a prehistoric village in China. The bodies of the dead were stuffed inside a house that was later burned down. No age group was spared as the skeletons of juveniles, Young, young adults and middle-aged people were found inside the house. The archaeological site is now called Haman Manga and is one of the best-preserved prehistoric sites in northeastern China. Archaeological and anthropo- anthropological study indicates that the epidemic happened quickly enough that there was no time for proper burials and the site was not inhabited, inhabited again. Before the discovery of Manga, another prehistoric mass burial that dates to roughly the same time period was found at a site called Miyazegu, also in northeastern China. Together, these discoveries suggest that an epidemic ravaged the entire region. And that's all I have for that one. I don't know what the uh, infectious agent was. I have another one, and this is the flu that occurred around 1200 BC. And I found this uh, as part of a book called uh, The Flu, that's the name of the book, written in 1921 by someone named A. Moritz. First name, I don't know what his first name was. Let's call him Andrew, I have no idea. A. Moritz. In the book, he states that the flu, or sometimes called the plu, P-L-U, is an ancient disease, citing the views of native Indian Sanskrit scholars who have found the records of of a pestilence resembling the flu way back in the mists of antiquity about 1200 BC. 
This disease ravage this disease repeat yes i'm reading folks which i know is not the best but i don't know any other way to do this so i don't read as well as i just talk i guess so you have to put up with me this disease repeatedly ravaged the then centers of central asia mesopotamia and southern asia in the reigns of tiglath pileser that's a person in the reigns of tiglath tiglath Pileser from 1120 to 1100 BC and Nebuchadnezzar. I think we've heard of that guy, right? Nebuchadnezzar, 605 to 562 BC. The sickness affected the citizens of ancient Babylon and the described features of the epidemics were such as we have today in those of influenza, cough, headache, fever, pain in the eyeballs, and copious tears and water gushing from the nose stained with blood or all blood i guess i've never had the flu i don't i don't know i thought the symptoms of the flu were like an achy body i don't know what else i've, I've never had it i think but is that what everybody gets when they have the flu that sounds really gross anyway the sanskrit historians gave the name plu plu to the disease probably from the flowing nasal discharge I don't really understand that. I don't know what how plu means flowing nasal discharge, but that's what he wrote in the book. Uh, Mr. A. Moritz continues, it is an uncanny coincidence that our, that our Hawaiian people who are descended from the Indian branch of the Indo-European family of nations use the softer letter P in pronouncing the shortened form of the word influenza, plu for flu. So maybe... He's saying that, uh, at least in 1921, Native Hawaiians said flu, even though they wrote plu. I don't know. I don't really totally get this either. Uh, also, is the ancestry of Hawaiian people Indo-European? I thought they were Polynesians. But maybe Polynesia, Polynesians is the same thing as the Indian branch of the Indo-Europeans. Could be. I guess if... Uh, people from India came down into the Polynesian islands and then up to Hawaii. I guess that makes sense. I don't know. But anyway, that is all I have. Uh, so those two, uh, the, the northeastern China epidemic, we don't know what it was 5,000 years ago. And the flu, we know, was uh, around at least in 1200 B.C. in Asia. So that is all I have for today. Oh, no, I have one more. The Plague of Athens. I think this is semi-famous. This rings a bell. The Plague of Athens was 430 B.C. Around 430 B.C., not long after a war between Athens and Sparta, an epidemic ravaged the people of Athens and lasted for five years. Some estimates put the death, death toll as high as 100,000 people. The Greek historian Thucydides, that's how you say it, right? Thucydides, he lived uh, 460 to 400 BC. He wrote that people in good health were all of a sudden attacked by violent heats in the head and redness and inflammation in the eyes, the inward parts such as the throat or tongue becoming bloody and emitting, emitting an unnatural and fetid breath. That sounds attractive. What exactly this epidemic was has long been a source of, deba of debate among scientists. A number of diseases have been put forward as possibilities, including typhoid fever and Ebola. 
Many scholars believe that overcrowding caused by the war exacerbated the epidemic. Sparta's army was stronger, forcing Athenians to take refuge behind a series of fortifications called long walls protected by their city. And these uh, long walls, everyone getting behind there may have forced the Athenian army into close contact and therefore the epidemic spread more quickly. Despite the epidemic, the war continued on, not ending until 404 BC when Athens was forced to capitulate to Sparta. By the way, I just looked up a little bit about typhoid. Typhoid is a bacterial infection that can lead to high fever, diarrhea, and vomiting. It can be fatal. It is caused by the bacteria Salmonella typhi. The infection is often passed on through contaminated food and drinking water, and it is more prevalent in places where hand washing is less frequent. And by the way, you may have heard the story of Typhoid Mary, which I won't get into now. Maybe I will later. If you don't know the story of Typhoid Mary or forgotten it, just Google it and you'll find out the story about that. I've also heard it about four times in different podcasts. So maybe in your podcast catcher, just go, uh, just put in Typhoid Mary and you'll get some hits as well. Uh, I was, my last little comment is I don't seem to know anyone who's ever had typhoid or it's like, so I checked to see if it was still a thing and it is still a thing. In the US about 400 cases occur annually, obviously not many. And 70% of these are acquired while traveling internationally. Typhoid fever is still common in developing countries and affects about 12.5 million people per year. So it is a big deal outside of the U.S. Okay, so that is all I have. Those three uh, outbreaks or epidemics in the B.C. era. Talk to you tomorrow.